0: Welcome back to the Offside Report, A-League's edition. It's been a while since we last gathered to talk Australian football before the uh, the Christmas break, in fact. But we've returned and there is a lot to catch up on from the A-League's and the greater landscape of Australian football. We've seen Graham Arnold extend his contract with the Socceroos which will see him through to the next World Cup. Expressions of interest are officially open for a national second tier competition which is very exciting and uh, speaking of excitement, the build up to the Women's World Cup officially kicks off this week with the Matildas returning to action in the Cup of Nations taking place in New South Wales. We'll also give you an update on the Aussies abroad and, of course, unpack all of the A-League action. My name's Nick Guglielmino and I'm joined by the A-League's expert himself,
1: Jack the Prez Elliot's mate. Welcome. Nick, thank you very much for having me. It's good to um, good to be in the pod room again with you for the first time in 2023. Yeah, that's it. Uh, when we left terms and left our final pod for the year mm. in 2022, it wasn't good news and you came out with a bit of a statement and we weren't sure if we were going to continue with this a-League Australian football-focused um, pod. So I'm glad we're back. Um, it's all about being positive. There's plenty of exciting things happening in Australian football, and I don't know about you, but I'm ready to move on after what took place at that Melbourne victory game. Um, I think the governing body's done an okay job of setting um, of setting the right example and yeah. in making sure that it was very very clear that, that it was totally not acceptable and it's not going to stand in our sport. But yeah. do you feel like there should be some... Th- further action taken or
0: no look I think um, yeah I mean like you mentioned it, it ended on a sour note the, the podcast ending into Christmas and obviously the A-League heading into Christmas after what was such a positive um, time early in December uh, for Australian football post the World Cup but yeah I, I think obviously unfortunate that the, those sort of events played out um, it's it's quite new to us in, in the Australian football or the A-League football landscape but Um, Like you mentioned, the dust has settled, they've handed down their sanctions. I think fans, uh, I think the people who um, obviously caused the problem have learned their lesson. Hopefully we don't see it again. I think it probably could have been a, li- a little bit harsher because we really do want to knuckle down on those sort of, um, sort of, yeah, beha- those behaviours.
1: <laughs> well, but they weren't football fans, I don't think. Well, we, I don't know them we don't like so, them so, so I don't so. know. But, yeah. yeah, they didn't look like your people who really cared about the state of football in, you know, yeah. as- Australia. No, no, I agree. They're not wearing they're look not look-
0: wearing look- victory jerseys or no. victory scarves. They're just running around in black hoodies and, Looking yeah, for trouble, so.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, I think most people understand that, that the people who um, did those horrible acts aren't a, a reflection of, um, you know, yeah. your, your everyday um, football A-League supporter in Australia. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, sometimes a mo- minority can mm. can have a massive impact on the perception of a majority and, um, and I think we've done a good job in terms of saying that, that they were not they're not our people yeah. Um, and we're not going to condone that. We're not going to let them back into the game and we're going to move on and have your true football fans back in the stands. I mean, what we saw at the the um, Sydney derby was amazing. The passion, yeah. everyone seemed to behave. I didn't watch the full game. So I hope <laughs> people aren't going to say, um, Jack, that you're wrong there. There yeah. was a bit of drama, but um, yeah, I think, there's there's plenty of you – know, the A-League, since the start of this year, we've seen a lot of goals. Um, there's been some pretty entertaining matches, um, yeah. some young players coming through. There's lots to be excited about, the Women's World Cup. Keen to move on from that and uh, start yeah. to talk about some of the um, the exciting things happening.
2: What I can say is there is sufficient interest um, at a level that I think I would be comfortable with setting up a second tier as a result of the roadshow that you just described where we go forward to here though is the next stage in this process and that is the eoi uh, stage so um, our people right now are preparing eoi documents that will include what sort of standards the clubs will need to meet whether it be stadia financial or governance in order to meet um, the, the, the standards that we would require to participate in that competition We're moving into that next stage right now, and we would expect the EOI to be set up and finalized by the middle of 2023. We will know who will be in the second tier, and who will participate in the first edition of the second tier by middle of 2023.
0: 2023 has gotten off to a really positive start. Some news that we really wanted to hear um, came out a couple of weeks ago, Football Australia announcing that the the, the, the sec, national second tier competition is in the works. This is what a lot of fans have wanted, and the expressions of interest are open. We know a lot of... I think there are... a uh, There's obviously a lot more football fans outside of the A-League in Australia, and a lot of them lie within these um, NSL, old NSL or NPL clubs, Um, and the opportunity now for them to put their foot forward, um, make a bid to join the A-Leagues or the second tier competition, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's it's a massive thing. It's great for football, great for fans. Get more of these teams in, get more fans involved. Um, it can only be a positive
1: thing. We need more games to be relevant and have meaning. Yeah. I mean, like uh, halfway through the season, you go, oh, you know, do I really want to watch, um, I mean, all the games, like MacArthur and Newcastle Jets this week. Yeah. Like, I know, you know, they're thereabouts or whatever, but are they looking like they're going to threaten for a title? No. Yeah. So it's sort of like when you have the relegation, it just makes every game. It gives it a sense of purpose and and meaning. So I think that's going to be amazing. And I think that's going to be our competitive advantage to some other sports because the AFL, if that goes to 20 teams, Mm. they're going to have a shitload of (laughs) irrelevant games. Yeah, they will. You know, because it's just a top eight or whatever. And I know the VFL is actually the league below the AFL is trialling a wild card. Yeah. round where or or playoff yeah, where 10 teams the team, outs- yeah so the they're, top they're eight. thinking yeah. that way so if we can get this right i think it's going to be massive for the sport yeah and i mean like if south melbourne or if it, some of these clubs or gold coast united i'm not sure like yeah. they're, they're not going to disgrace the league by coming in they like western united had 800 people at a game at amy park like yeah. we it's going to be – if they can only bring a few thousand people to a game but that those few thousand people are engaged active supporters in a football – in a boutique football mm. stadium, that's great. Mm. I mean, we're seeing it in Perth when Perth Glory are playing at Macedonia Park. Everyone's yeah. loving it. Yeah, yeah. So I, it, I just can't see any downside to it. The, obviously the only challenge well, – or the main challenge is financially how it's going to work, but we're just going to have to invest in it. Because otherwise, we're going to keep falling well, well, well back behind at the end of the pack with all the other codes coming through. I, I totally agree. And uh, another massive
0: factor as well is the development pathways for players obviously gives more opportunities for those kids yeah. coming up from the grassroots, uh, gives them a clear pathway to, you know, a, um, the senior team playing in a professional environment. Um, it can only be a good thing. And you, you, it's obviously worked all around the, all around the world, but it's, Especially um, Japan, I think they've laid the blue- blueprint on how to do it, and they're reaping the rewards now because their national team and the players they've got playing around Europe and everything—they have really set the standard, and we need to follow them. And um, this is this is definitely uh, the best the best way to start uh, that process.
2: On behalf of Football Australia, on behalf of the FA board, uh, we would like to announce and we're delighted to announce the reappointment of Graham Arnold as head coach of the Subway Socceroos for the next three and a half years as we enter the uh, important cycle ahead of us, um, which ends at the 2026 Men's World Cup in North America.
0: Following on from that, good news was Graham Arnold being rewarded from a brilliant World Cup, one of our greatest World Cup runs. And he's been rewarded with a four year extension. So he's going to be obviously, we've got the Asian Cup coming up next year and, uh, the World Cup as well, uh, the next World Cup in the United States, Canada, Mexico. Yep. Um, so thoughts on that? Are, are we, were you the biggest fan of uh, Graham Arnold from the beginning?
1: Um, Probably not. I No, you know what? I never bash Graham Arnold, I thought, you know, he should definitely see out the World Cup that just passed and mm-hmm. he certainly exceeded my expectations in what he was able to deliver and the way he spoke and presented himself and kept his calm and took attention away from certain players and um, I, I think it's fantastic news. I don't, like, have we had a Socceroos coach who's done two World Cups in a row? I, d- I d- don't think yeah, so. Yeah, no, I, I don't maybe think so. Yeah, so that would be a first. I think it's smart. Uh, the team that will be playing in the next World Cup, hopefully, or at least throughout the qualification process, will be players that he's brought through. Um, yep. You know, even or or brought across if it's from you, um, from Scotland, like Martin Boyle and Harry Sutar and yep. and his legacy is very much giving opportunities to the Ollie Roos coming through, mm. and now they're going to be massive parts of um, hopefully success in the next World Cup, and yeah. You know that the like when I think of the the Socceroos and and what our team could look like in the in the next World Cup in um, just under four years time. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually a pretty exciting team. Yeah, um, it is. You know, with Harry Suter and Geordie Boss is playing amazing. Mm. Like Kai Rolls, you would imagine, and Harry Suter will be the centre back pairing. Geordie um, Boss is just yeah that yeah. goal they scored from Melbourne City on the weekend, and he defends just as well as he attacks. Um, it's a lot of those good players through that Ollie Roos squad that played under Arnie. Yeah, um, it just makes sense for him to 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 see it out um, and to and basically um, be have a real shot for some success with the playing group that will play for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And, um, I, I was never the biggest, um, advocate for, um, Graham Arnold and I, I wouldn't have been against the change either, but I think the, 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 real, uh, the rationale behind keeping him as manager, I think it goes well beyond on field performance. I think there's a lot of change taking place off field and, um, that needs to change uh, before on-field performances get better. So one thing I like about Graham Arnold is his passion and influence to grow and improve the game. He's always vocal about getting government funding, improving the A-Leagues, improving the pathways for junior footballers, the way the A-Leagues is marketed as well. Um, So over the next four years, it's not gonna be about challenging for silverware, although um, you know we've got an Asian Mm -hmm. Cup to compete for. Um, It's getting those off-field issues right. It's getting the funding, the pathways, the A-Leagues, the second division coming up, the Women's World Cup, the 2030 World Cup bid. It's so important to get these things right. It's gonna be a really important um, phase for Australian football. So um, yeah, I, I think Changing the manager, and um, it's probably not the right time to do that. And I, I honestly think
1: he's the right man to lead us through that period. So, yeah, well said. And I guess he's an Australian, isn't he? Exactly. Like, would an international coach come and really care about? Funding from the government? No. No. And so- he,
0: he even said himself he, he wants his successor to be someone with the same passion for growing the game. And he's right because, as you touched on, uh, we need someone who has that knowledge of Australian football and yep. Australian kids.
1: Yep. And you know what? Like, <laughs> it's not as if we can't put some people around Arnie, you know what I mean? That's it. Like bring in some assistants with, um, you know, some experience from um, being a, a part of some other international teams. Yeah. Like you can still get experience and expertise with, into the squad yeah. without them being the head coach. Yeah. So if people feel like that's what's lacking a bit, well then bring bring other people into different roles to support Arnie. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I I agree. There's no one better. So um, feel really comfortable. It's a good feeling. Yeah. It's like this is just the start of a four-year journey. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, the Asia Cup, which is going to be great. Yeah. Um, I didn't make an error earlier, by the way, about the Asian Cup. It's this year, not next year. It's this year. year. Yeah, Yeah, this year. Which is, again, like Women's World Cup and the Asia Cup this year. Um, It's massive. It's massive. And it's going to be a real opportunity for the Socceroos to – um, you know continue on from their their amazing um, mm. their amazing performance up in Qatar and um, it'll be interesting to see what what team they're able to put on the park in that in that tournament as well um, yeah, you think it'd be pretty similar to to what they um, who played up in Qatar but mm. um you know soccer's a, football's a funny game and form will be key so yeah. it'll be interesting to see who's a part of it when is it actually the Katawa Cup yeah. what month uh,
0: sorry the Asian Asia Cup is in June Cup,
1: uh, yeah gets started
0: in June and then we've got the Women's World Cup in July so it's a massive couple of months of yeah football. right okay. massive Speaking of the Matildas, actually, so it, it, it's all kicking off this week. They've got the Cup of Nations um, this week in New South Wales, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's I guess it's the equivalent of the Men's Confederations Cup. It's a smaller pre World Cup tournament, acting as a test event for the larger tournament coming up. So they'll be going up against Czech Republic, Jamaica, and Spain, and the games are going to be in Sydney, Gosford, and Newcastle. And I'll tell you what, I'm bloody jealous, prez. Because uh, I would have loved to have attended some of those games and, um, yeah, seen players like Sam Kerr in the flesh. Um, I feel like New South Wales gets all the big footballing games. Um, I feel like Melbourne's very hard done by. (laughs) Um, Even the big Socceroos games, uh, yeah, we get left in the
1: dark a little bit, but... That's okay. Yeah, well, their government's obviously throwing a bit more money at them to play more games. That's Clearly, really how and they're it works, obviously the it?
0: HQ is based over there, yes. which is fair enough. Yeah.
1: Well, I know. Yeah, there's um, some good contests there for, for the Matildas. Um, they definitely will want to play against Spain and prove themselves because I remember, recall the last time they played there, they got um, demolished by a good Spanish side. Um, so. Yeah, I know that there'll be a few people who will be really wanting to put their best foot forward, Charlie Grant in particular. Mm. Um, she's been playing while Ellie Carpenter's been injured. Ellie's back playing for Leon. I think she just came off the bench recently, which is great for, for the Matildas. Um, everyone will be really excited to see her back out there. And Charlie Grant's come in and has done an amazing job. I think she's only – she's in her early 20s, um, definitely one for the future. Um, so – uh, I'm not sure if she can kind of play on the other um, mm. side of the defence, so we'll see. But there's plenty of stories. Um, it's their last real chance to um, in on the international scene, I believe, to yeah, put themselves in the best position to to be in that squad. So best of luck to them all. Yeah, definitely. And as the uh, for the tournament as a whole, I
0: think it might be worth touching on we for this World Cup to go perfectly well for Australia as a country uh we need to stay as far away from um i guess any controversies and uh anything like that and yeah it is worth mentioning that um the, the there are player protests threatening this upcoming World Cup after Saudi Air I think they're called um reached a deal with FIFA to sponsor the tournament despite Women's rights in Saudi Arabia restricting, um, yeah, sorry, women's rights in Saudi Arabia restricted under strict male guidance. So, um, yeah, Alex Morgan came out and said something like, I think it's bizarre that FIFA has looked to have a visit Saudi sponsorship for the Women's World Cup when. She herself would not be supported and accepted in that country, and I think it's fair enough. And yeah, as I said, player protests, fan protests—we do not want that marring this tournament for us. So mm. um, apparently, the Australian um, uh, government and the tournament, um, the people in charge of the tournament in Australia, weren't aware of that. So, but hopefully, that gets sorted out well before the tournament kicks off.
2: Well, Harry, uh, back-to-back wins. This Premier League capers pretty easy.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure about
2: that. Um, no,
0: a great performance today from Yvonne. Um, we knew that we were going to have to be on the front foot, um, you know, pressing them high. You know, the defensive line nice and high. Um, and I think we've done that for, you know, the 90
2: minutes. I think we really deserve the win. Um, and a, a wee offside goal as well, so it could been more, but yeah, overall, really proud of everyone, great performance.
0: Staying on the subject of Matildas and Socceroos, we'll take a look at Aussies abroad, um, Prez, and there are plenty of Aussies putting their hand up for that Asian Cup selection as well, and um, the, I guess the biggest story, um, is Harry Soutar joining Leicester in January. And he's played a couple of games. Uh, his debut for Leicester was a bit of a mixed bag, an own goal on debut, but they did win over at Aston Villa and they followed that up with a solid 4-1 win over Spurs. And he managed to register and insist as well. So Not too bad there for, from big Harry
1: Soutar. Yeah, his first game with, with the own goal. I mean, he played pretty well in his debut outside of that own goal. So... Um, it wasn't certainly wasn't panic stations around him keeping his position, uh, and then to to come out and keep the likes of you know Harry Kane quiet. Um, it's yeah. pretty massive. I mean, it is. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers has massive raps for Harry Suter, and uh, just because of his size and mm. technique and ability to and to play the ball. It's, I mean, you could see if he keeps playing the way he's playing, you could see him in a really in a really big club in the not too distant future. So for us to have you know, a world, world-class centre-back for the Socceroos for the next 10 years is... Building around that is huge. So um, let's just hope he can stay injury-free and continue enjoying his football in the Premier League. And, um, and yeah, it's... Um, Absolutely. It's... <laughs> for us to land Harry Sutard was one of the great... <laughs> can, you, can you call it a trade or a signing? Yeah. It's not really like when it's I international mean, football, but yeah. whatever you want to call it, genius move and, you know, Arnie has t- to take a bit of credit for that for sure. Yeah, exactly.
0: He's an Aussie at heart and that's the most important thing. Um, Garen Cuell as well at heart. He obviously made that loan switch to Hearts after moving to Newcastle and he's been promising I think. He's, he's made a couple of appearances off the bench like he was doing with um, Central Coast and he's been making an impact as well. The manager's come out and said that um, you know, he's got potential to be world class. So, that that's also, you know, really great to see. And he's obviously alongside a lot of Aussies um, in that team at Hearts. Cam Devlin, I think he's also there. And um, Kyle Rouse completed the 90 minutes in their last game. So, um, yeah, they've all been earning a lot of praise. Uh, and that's good to see. In a league that's slowly um, becoming more and more focused around a lot of Socceroos who are taking place. That We'll get to um, Aaron Moy in a moment. But, um, yeah, Qol. He's just easing his way into it, which is great to see.
1: Yeah, no, they they um started him in game in um, centre midfield, and I think he got a bit lost, which is um, that was a bit weird. That was a bit I strange, but there, there was um you know there was some strategy behind that, which the coach explained after. But I mean, the Hearts team, it's great to see. Are there three or four Australians playing there? Uh, also with Cam Devlin as well, who scored yeah. um just last week, and he's playing really well. So again, another. Um, Sokaru coming through, starting to make a bit of a name for himself in Europe. Um, it was good to see Connor Metcalf scored for St. Pauli um, the mm-hmm. weekend, which is great. He again is another another Ollie Roo starting to um, show signs of serious improvement after leaving the A League, which is great. But I think there's a lot to be optimistic about in terms of our. Um, our Aussies abroad. Riley McGree is playing incredibly well in mm. the championship. Yeah. Um, He's good, another one that might get promoted yeah, to the Premier League. Good, good to see Matty Ryan enjoying his football yeah. um, back in Holland. So, uh, I think, yeah, it's I know that there are people go oh, we don't have your Harry Kills and your Vadukas playing in the Premier League at the moment. But some of these young players coming through and, and what Moy's doing at Celtic yeah. under Ange is class. Like he is yeah. The pasty Purlo pillow. Yeah. like it's, um, yeah, it's, there's a lot to be excited about, I think. There and, is. And, um,
0: yeah. Well, Australia is the fourth best represented country um, in the Scottish League behind Scotland, England and Irish players. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good number. Um, like it, it's still a fairly competitive league. I know Celtic and Rangers dominate that um, dominate that competition, but still to have that representation from soccerers abroad is, is very strong. And you might re- also remember um, uh, Mohamed Toure, the young lad from Adelaide United. He's also making a massive impression. He's playing in the uh, second division in France uh, for Stade Reims. I'm, I'm not sure if I pronounce that. Sorry yeah. if I didn't, but he scored two goals in a three-two win on Sunday as well. So, and he's only very young as well. He's I think seventeen or eighteen or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. and yeah. Alu qual as well.
0: Yes, who
1: debuted for Stuttgart. Yeah, yeah, I, believe, I did see that recently. So, there are they're just there are a lot of players doing good things outside of Australia. Yeah, yeah, um, and it'll be good to see. You know, a lot of the time, yeah. The Australians back home, we don't really get to know these players until they play for the Socceroos. So mm. um, that's why I'm really excited about yeah. the Asia Cup. Um, and I think we'll have some really, really good mix yeah. um, of, of exciting young players. Mm. And as we know, Arnie's not going to be afraid to to play them. yeah, yeah, And Alu Cuol as well,
0: before we move on, uh, did register a pretty decent Puskas, uh, nomination yes. for a scorpion kick when he was playing for the Socceroos under 21 squad.
1: That was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> He's got some that freakish was, ability. That was freakish. Yeah. That, that family, the, di- the genes running through that family. Yeah. So, so to think,
0: one day the Socceroos squad could have the two Qols, maybe a, a Toure in there as well, and the, uh, the 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 young sixteen year old from Adelaide United as Iracunda. well, Eric Kunda, yeah. It is. It's actually frightening to see uh, the potential coming through the Socceroos. Um, but yeah,
1: the the, the A League uh, on the weekend as well. I, I think just, just before we do go into the A League. Yeah. Um, It it does happen where we have these players come through the A-League, they have an incredible highlights reel because they're doing amazing cameos off the bench, then they go to Europe um, and they sort of get lost a little bit, come back to the A-League in five years' time and Mm. they've just sort of – it just didn't work for them. Yeah. I think it's important that some of these players – they, it's just incredibly important that they pick the, make the right choices in terms of when they leave the A-League and where they go to after the A-League. At the age of, you know, yeah, Irokunda, at the, his age, how was he, 16, 17, he, mm. there's still so much of a footballing education that he needs to go through and to do that. And, and that's why I think that some people are a little bit sceptical about was Newcastle the, the best move for Garan Qual? Is he better to spend a couple of years in a Germany or, a, you know, a Holland? But, you know, loan moves can make that happen. But mm. the, I guess the, the power is out of his hands in terms of where he goes. But, we, yeah, we just want to make sure that a, a lot of these players who, are, who do have great potential... Just have good people, I guess, really advising them about the, the moves and, and and don't be too impatient, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like Aaron Moy, uh, I think what he played Yeah. four years in the A-League maybe. He did go abroad actually and then he came back. But by, by the time he went over and played in the Premier League, he was a very experienced, mature player.
0: Yeah. And I, and, I still see Huddersfield Huttles, Town... Uh, supporters saying that Aaron Moore is one of the greatest players that's ever played for their club. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, obviously timing is a massive thing. As you mentioned, decision-making, picking the right team to go to at the right time. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, Cuola has made that right decision with Newcastle. Obviously, they've got a lot of young players there and a young manager as well, who's quite good at uh, managing young talent. So, I mean, only time will tell. And yeah, we can only just hope that they have made the right decision.
2: So Mariners' corner towards that near post area. It's in the
0: back of the net. Marco Tullio got the final touch. A scramble from the corner and the Roar couldn't clear it and Tulio lashed it into the roof of the net. Mariners 1-0. Plenty of A-League uh, action over the course of the last two months, but we'll focus on the, the weekend and we'll start off with Friday night, Prez. Brisbane, they lost at home to the Central Coast Mariners who have moved up to second on the table. They're looking pretty good, even with the there.
1: Yeah, they're looking really good. Nick Montgomery seems to have um, created a good culture um, with the Central Coast since he's been in charge, and as a former player as well, so he understands the region and the the organisation really well. They're, they're, you know, it was only a few years ago that Central Coast were bottom of the table um, yeah. and weren't threatening at all. So now they have a brand of being one of the stronger A League teams and are known to be. Um, an organisation that develops really good footballers. Mm. So with uh, with not a, you know, with not endless amounts of resources. So yeah. they're definitely doing something right there. And the fact that they're second on the table is amazing. Um, Cummings is scoring for fun. He's just been a huge addition to the league. Brisbane Raw, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they lost Charlie Austin, who was their big marquee signing. Yeah. I, you know. Warren Moon's got his work cut out. I'm not. Sh- I just can't see them really threatening the top six at all. Um, they're you know they're, they're playing up in, in Redcliffe at the Dolphin Stadium. The, the crowds are not that amazing. It's a bit of a shame. Um, you know Brisbane was such a powerhouse. You know Brisbane Central Coast. You, you think about those grand mm. finals in the Barisha days and the Broisch yeah. days. Yeah. Um. So hopefully in time they can. They can, um, you know, move up the table, but I think with the current players that they have, uh, I really can't see them threatening for the top six at all. Yeah. No, there definitely
0: does seem to be a gap between that bottom, those bottom three teams and the rest who, I guess, yeah, the three other three teams outside of the top six are challenging for finals. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, and... The next game, Saturday afternoon, another team that's struggling, Western United, reigning champions. um, They copped a very unlucky defeat. Another late goal for Adelaide United to snatch the win. They did it last week with, uh, we mentioned earlier, Kunda scoring that really nice goal. Um, They managed to pull it off again late here in the 86th minute. Craig Goodwin, another one of those Socceroos boys who's just flying at the moment. Um, And again, Adelaide United in a really good spot, sitting third, and they've got a massive game coming up against Western Sydney. But yeah, they're they're just in such a good... um, phase of form right now.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting to watch Adelaide United. I actually had a sneaky little multi-bet on this week, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, Tell put, us about yeah, it. No, I've had three, three $5 bets um, the last three rounds, actually. Oh, yeah. Gambling and, um, responsibly, I No, I know. Like no, <laughs> no. Yeah, so it's a, I'm not that proud of it. But, um, yeah, just for a bit of fun, just to follow, um, you know, the weekend's results with a bit more interest and, I've four legs each time and the, I've failed by one leg on each occasion. But I remember thinking um, – It's always the way it goes. I know. I know. It's a killer. But um, I, was, I was keeping an eye on the score on this game and uh, I thought, oh, yeah, I had Adelaide for the win. Western United were uh, <laughs> they were up 2-0 and I go, okay, that's over. And then I just kept seeing the score tick over. So I was pretty ex- excited to watch that. But – um, and so Adelaide should be beating Western United. Yeah, um, they've they've got um, they've got some serious web, attacking weapons. Um, they're third now on the ladder, I believe. Um, they're a real chance to to take out the um, you know maybe not the, the the top of the ladder, the championship, but be there at finals and yeah. and ho- and I think going to Hindmarsh Stadium is probably one of the better A-League experiences um, on offer at the moment. Yeah, definitely. A, outside of a derby for sure.
0: Yeah. Do you reckon they're the best, cha- uh, the, I guess, the biggest challenger for Melbourne
1: City at the moment? Um, I, I think so. I think if, you know, you'd know that Central Coast is second, but mm. Adelaide United on their day can certainly match it with anyone. They have genuine, they have a genuine match winner in Craig Goodwin. Um Sydney FC are coming. Um, they were my tip at the start of the season to, to take out the title. Um, they started really slowly, but they've just changed. As, as soon as they got Alex Wilkinson back in the team, they've mm-hmm. just – you can see their results. It's just yeah. – they're a different side. So um, when the, and when you've got Lolly and Mac um, and LaFondra all playing um, – Mm. Yeah. That, they really uh, are uh, a level uh, above. That they are. So I think, um, yeah, I think Adelaide United and, and Sydney FC are probably Melbourne City's biggest threats right now. But a lot of people would say, well, Western Sydney Wanderers played much better than Sydney FC on the weekend and with 10 men, um, mm. which was a great game. And rightly so, um, you know, Sydney FC, haven't, they certainly haven't hit their straps, but that's why I think they're the, that's where they're the biggest threat. So um, Stevie Corica... You know, people were questioning whether he, sh- he should remain head coach at Sydney FC after they had a really slow start. Yeah, he needs to um he needs to really take this Sydney FC side deep into the finals. Otherwise, I think he probably will lose his job. So, mm. we'll see how much the playing group want to play for him um, over the next few months.
0: Yeah. They, I mean they did uh, get their revenge in the end as you mentioned against Western Sydney on the weekend It was, a, I mean the derby is just the atmosphere in that game is just unbelievable and um, obviously they were on the wrong end of the stick um, earlier in the season uh, Sydney FC but yep, they got the job done and yeah there was a bit of uh, there was a bit of fire at the end of it as well between the two managers uh, Rudin being called a sore loser by Corica that's what you like to see in a derby I think and um yeah I think it's all it's all in good good uh good faith in at the end of the day so but a, a really good game there and as you mentioned Sydney FC a serious threat for the title um and the other game on Saturday night Melbourne City uh beating Perth Glory 4-2 they're just scoring goals for fun Melbourne City and as you said they're just they're just well clear um they're
1: at least a class above the rest of the
0: competition at the moment. Le-
1: Leckie's playing really well for Melbourne City. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jamie McLaren, um, Naboo there. Um, yeah. I, I think Le- it's great to see Leckie and Craig Goodwin after the World Cup they had continue their really good form. Yeah. Like I would go to an A League game. Mm. I-, I would go to watch LA United versus Melbourne City to watch those two players. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Which is, which is fantastic. So, um, yeah, Melbourne City have started, They, you know, they've obviously got Rado Viticic as their coach after Kisnorbo left. I think that's sort of settled now and they understand the way he wants to play and um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's been a huge amount of change, but there was a little bit of uncertainty with that change. But um, I think that's now settled and they're moving forward. Um, yeah. Looking as dangerous as, as ever. It's hard to see them not finishing on top of the ladder and – um, with the team they've got, so they should. So yeah. um, Perth Glory did well to try and stay in it and made it a, made it a contest as mm. they do up at Macedonia Park, but there's just simply too much of a gap in terms of the class of the players on each side. Yeah,
0: City's, City's season really starts um, when final begins. It, um, it does because, yeah. That's obviously something they fell short on last season, Um They would have probably been thinking that that was their year. They should have gone back to back. But, um, yeah, it's all about revenge this season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd be a brave person to bet against them uh, for the title again. You would.
1: And I just hope that, you know, that the the City supporters Mm -hmm. start to really turn up because they've got some amazing players to go watch on a weekly basis or fortnightly basis whenever the home game is. So. As especially as they get to finals and some bigger games come up, um, mm. I'd love to see Amy Park yeah. you know, rocking with Melbourne City playing, not Melbourne victory. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that's it. They'll, they'll be rocking up this week, that's for sure. Uh, obviously, the last time these two teams met, we know what happened. Uh, couldn't get through a half of football, but um, hopefully, uh, yeah, we get to watch 90 minutes of the players going at it, but... Um, with the way victory's going and the way city's going, the contrasting form, uh, it's just it, it should be a relatively straightforward victory for city,
1: you'd think. But you never know in a derby. No, but you never know in a derby. And victory still have a decent team on paper.
0: Yes, so they do. It's yeah. For some reason, it's just not clicking, and it didn't click on the weekend against your boys, Newcastle. Um,
1: it, yeah, I've, I just, I mean. I don't think Fauneroli is... I think he's just a bit past it, unfortunately. It's in um, that way. It yeah, really is. He, it, there's just these Popovich's men that he brings in, your Jurich's and Fornarolis and... Yeah. Um, a lot of players who have played with him in the past. Um, yeah. Connor Chapman they've brought in um, as a right back. I mean, he's played at four different A-League teams. He's obviously just come in to f- play a role, but... Mm. Economedes. Um, kind of e- e- kind of he you know, he should be starting. He must just be not quite fit. Yeah. Um, but he should, be, he should be someone really that would want to be playing a good enough standard yeah. of A-League that, that he's talked about for Asian Cup selection. Yeah. Um, brought in Bruce Kamau. Um, again, was that a player that probably played under Popovich at Western? Yeah, Western. Western Sydney, Yeah, potentially definitely Western Sydney, Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, if like victory finished, were they on the bottom of the ladder? No, no two years ago. Yeah. So, and then they had a de- decent season last year under Popper. Yeah. If they finish at the bottom, of the ladder, like their their president, their 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 exec team, they they came out and said this is not going to happen again. It can't this, happen again. So. Something needs to happen because yeah. if Melbourne Victory don't get off the bottom of the ladder or if they don't have a positive finish to this season, there's going to be another massive yeah. turnover in terms of personnel. Yeah. And that is not healthy for the organisation and there might even need to be a turnover in personnel in terms of the people who are, are um, steering the ship. but we need to give them time and what took place before Christmas certainly rattled the whole organisation and and that's definitely played a a role. So um, we'll we'll see what happens. And I wonder how they'll be thinking as well, the
0: exec team at Melbourne Victory about the uh, the national second tier competition because I reckon if, say, South Melbourne gets thrown into a mix, Melbourne Knights, um, those sort of clubs with very strong, passionate supporters, Um, do you reckon a lot of those supporters jump off the Melbourne victory train, especially when they're finishing bottom of the ladder?
1: Um, it's a, it's an interesting situation. Yeah. Look, I haven't thought of it. Yeah. I I don't think so, to be honest. I think, um, um, oh, look, there'll be a small portion of people who go, okay, well, I need to decide now because my two teams are in the Mm. league, but um, you know, hopefully these people just go to more A-league games. Yeah, that's it. Oh, <laughs> and, and support two teams. So, <laughs> um, it, look, it's just something we're going to have to um, yeah. go through and I don't think it's going to be a, a, a factor behind the, the second tier thing not working, but yeah. it would just be a bit of a personal conundrum for a few people, I imagine. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Um,
1: but for the Jets, it was a good win.
0: Um, yes, my I, Jets. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, two goals. The penalty, first off, um, it was definitely a penalty. I yep. think both situations was just very poor defending from victory. And then the, the set-piece situation straight from the training ground for the second goal, again, unmarked. Um,
1: yep, Costa yeah. Grossos. Yes. Um, Carl, Carl Jankinson likened Grossos to a Metz Ozil yeah. from his Arsenal playing days, which is a very big call. Yeah. But, yep. you know, you don't mind that. Take the win. Yeah, we take the win. Jets are actually looking all right. Um, I've been impressed um, with the way they've been playing um, this year so far. Actually, I think they will. I think they're a top six side. I think they'll finish sixth. Um, and yeah, I think they've got a Japanese international uh, who should be a good weapon off the bench to to accompany and take some pressure off Mikkel Tatse. Um, Rene Piscopo, who's probably our, you know, our brightest prospect. Mm. Um, he started on the bench. Um, so for us to beat Melbourne Victory and for him not to be, have a big part of that is, is good. Goes to show that we're not depending on him to, to be our attacking force. So yeah, I think, um, I think Jets actually have a pretty well-rounded side now. We've got some strong centre-backs, Angus Thurgate, um in in the middle of the park doing a great job and then we've got some attacking weapons so mm. yeah I, I'm actually um the jets starting to play some good football certainly helped me yeah and my um engagement in in the, the league after you know being a little bit, you know, disheartened disheartened, (laughs) is the the right word after last year. So hopefully the Jets can continue their good form and have a crack in finals.
0: Yeah, and you're stuck in the middle of those three teams stuck on uh, 21 points thanks to MacArthur beating Wellington uh, Phoenix in the final game of the round. So it just brings... That, um, yeah, just, gosh, it makes it so close. Only, obviously, only goal difference separating the three teams. Wellington stuck in the top six, hanging by a thread. But, yeah, it's honestly, it's anyone's, it's anyone's to lose, really, anyone's to take. I mean, um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting last, what, 11 games of the season um, to really determine that for Tops that final spot in the top six. I think I don't see any of the top five teams dropping out. Really, I don't see Sydney FC dropping out. Uh, Western Sydney, Adelaide, Central Coast, Melbourne City. It's really that last six spot yeah. between Wellington,
1: Newcastle, Macarthur, and that's Newcastle's spot. Yeah. So I think it's done. You reckon the top six is done? <laughs> is that bias that's, talking? Look, or? <laughs> no, Jets will take that spot, and then the positions in the top six will move around. But yeah. Um, Victory of left will leave it too late. Western United just aren't yep. up to it this year. MacArthur, I don't think, will win or take any points on the road at all. Yeah. Um, they'll win the odd home game. Newcastle Jets, it's um, out of them in Phoenix. And um, Phoenix, just the, you know, it's just the amount of travelling those guys do. I just think it is such a disadvantage. It is. Oh, yeah, I, I, right. it, it's unfair, really.
0: I can't really see them. Yeah. No. Uh, Winning a championship under those
1: circumstances? No, they, they probably preferred it when it was a, you know, COVID hub days when they were based out of yeah. Sydney. Yeah. I mean, they obviously love playing in Wellington at the Cake Tin, you know, great support there. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it would be tough. It, it'd be tough for them. So, um, but yeah. they're, they're great for the league. And I know there's talk of maybe bringing in a second New Zealand side at some stage. And, I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea if the the interest there in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Or well, maybe maybe through the uh, the second tier that would yeah, be the uh, best e- exactly. option. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for, for them, for their, um, for their yeah. league yeah. to have some sort of involvement in that competition, I think would be great. Definitely. I've brought it up a couple of times now. You can tell I'm excited for it.
0: Cause a bit of a problem and now... We are going to have, the referee has called for both sets of players. Games coming up this week. We obviously talked about yeah. the Derby a fair bit. Um, obviously, that's the biggest game of the weekend. Can you see Melbourne City losing that one,
1: press uh, Not losing, but I can see them drawing. Drawing. Yeah. Okay. Derby's, you're just, it's a victory home game. There might not be the same atmosphere as what a victory home game Derby would have had in the past. So, yeah be intrigued to see yeah um, but yeah I think that this will be the first time they play each other since that match yeah correct so it'll be a yeah it'll be a lot of motion I think in this game there will um, be <laughs> and there's a lot on the line for victory um, yeah this is you know they've got everything to play for so if they, do. if, if they don't turn up and at least make this competitive well, then I, I I can't see Popovich seeing out the season. No,
0: no, not at all. If they, I mean, yeah, exactly. If they get disgraced, say like four or five nil or something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it won't be looking too good for Popper. Um, and the other big game from the weekend, Uh. again, we mentioned it third versus fourth, Adelaide United versus Western Sydney. And that, I think, is at Hindmarsh. Um, and yeah, it is Sunday afternoon, Hindmarsh. They're just such a hard team to beat over there, Adelaide at the moment. And yeah, the attacking weapons they have. Um, yeah. It's, it's a real opportunity to kind of create that gap between the top three and the rest. So um, big game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, any other games for you to be
1: looking at this weekend? Prez, the Jets. Um. Oh, look. I think Adelaide United and Western Sydney Wanderers will be a good game. I just, I just for some reason I just like watching games at Hindmarsh. Yeah. It's a the proper. For, yeah. It's a, like I, I'm keen to actually get to one soon, but, um. Yeah. It's you look through the A League and you through each each round and normally there's two games that you go, I I really want to watch that. So I think the best, uh, Perth Glory and Central Coast, you just see goals in Perth Glory games, especially up in Macedonia Park. So, you know, you could see that being some sort of 4-2 or something or a um, 3-4, which is entertaining to watch. Um, The Derby you always watch, but Adelaide and Western Sydney Wanderers. Western Sydney Wanderers were shattered. They felt like they they lost points and they were un you know it was yeah. unfair they were the team playing the football and um you know some <laughs> decisions went against them so they will come out really fired up after a disappointing result in the derby um, yeah. against an Adelaide United who might who probably might consider themselves a bit lucky to leave um, Melbourne last week with um with all three points after going two 0 down so. Um, I think we'll finish off the week really strongly with um with that game um, on Sunday. So yeah, there's it's you know I, I'm for, when I look at each round I kind of go there's normally two good games. Mm. I'd love that to be three good games. Yeah, um, something to keep an eye on. And you know what? And if you we're talking about a you know a second tier competition coming through, well then this Western United and Wellington Phoenix, mm. th- that's interesting on a yeah, Friday night as well not yep. because you go Western United they could yeah. you know they could snag it, a win they, at home well you know. yeah or if, or they if they lose, lose and victory win they're at the bottom yeah and then you're talking about well then they might be from champions yeah, they, to yeah. relegated yeah exactly, exactly. so um, so yeah it, it's and I know that um, Channel 10 and Paramount uh putting two games of free to air on and a lot of the time they actually do tend to be some of the stronger games which is good we want um, yeah. uh, free to air showcasing the sport and the best, of the best players in the league but um, I would love it for, for me to be really keen to watch three games um, yeah. not that I probably could potentially make it work every yeah. weekend um, but At this stage, it's kind of more around the one or two mark.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's probably a topic for another day, uh, the whole Paramount um, situation. I'm I'm intrigued to get your thoughts on that. But maybe for the next uh, podcast, uh, whether that's the way to go uh, for the future of the A-Leagues. But uh, for today, I think that's all we have for you. And again, plenty to look forward to. And you can obviously keep following all the action and news on A-League Live. And we'll be back again very soon to unpack it all once again. Until then, enjoy the football.